decks, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 cards that you wish you had in your Grand Alliance. I'm your co-host, Davey. And with me as always, uh, sometimes from another Grand Alliance, is my co-host, Phil. How are you, Phil? Hey, doing pretty good. Good to hear. Uh, we are recording this. We are just about four weeks till Akon. Uh, getting to crunch time. Uh, I swear I've decided what I'm bringing. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I keep telling myself that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and on top of that, I, I have like a big annual getaway thing. It's usually earlier in the year, but, uh, so right in, in between, I've got a, a big game thing, but it's not, uh, underworlds oriented. So that's kind of blowing up any painting and planning. Uh, it's going to be super fun, but, uh, I'm going to come back from that and be like, oh my God, it's go, it's now. (laughs) um, We are going to talk about Grand Alliance specific cards today, what we think uh, of those cards, um, what we think of the idea in general and uh, where we think it might go to. Uh, But uh, we have a little more context to cover. Uh, Any news, any, uh, any notable news that came out today? Just, just a uh, certain, certain little friend uh, that we got to see. (laughs) there's really putting the screws to us here trying to make sure that we we don't know about (laughs) these guys too much yet but uh yeah so we got we got this zombie uh for the next coming war band and uh just a just a run-of-the-mill zombie yeah just with a gigantic like (laughs) frankenstein on arm with yeah crazy like bolts stuck in it i don't yeah like looking at the art that they had for him it was like okay somehow he's like channeling electricity along the bolts yeah but i don't understand like where how (laughs) (laughs) like i don't like they just are just stuck in his arm i don't get it but uh yeah uh, there's some background about the arcano electric force that happens to be everywhere in the mortal realms so who knew um but i'll say this like all around us (laughs) i've I've been yeah (laughs) uh i've been uh I've been kind of hoping for a, a zombie warband for a while, and uh, I'm I'm down with a, a different take on it. Yeah, and uh, this guy's got a name. What was it Cal Crow? Uh, yeah, um, something like that. I, I probably should have made sure to remember what it actually was. Coil, coil. Oh, I, I get guess it. Is, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, uh, but I, I'll say this. Uh, I'm I'm low key appreciative that. Uh, this guy's got a name. There might be some some generics, but um, it's kind of fun to have names on people. Like they they did it with Grimwatch, you know, kind of titles and stuff like that. But with earlier Undead Warbands, you had like the Chain Rasps and uh, the Petitioners, and mm-hmm. uh, there's not that many guys, so just give them all names. It's fun, yeah, uh, and yeah. less confusing. It's better design, but uh, yeah. I, what do you think? Is this is this a is this a warband that's just going to be unique to Underworlds, or do you think this is somehow going to bleed into the greater Age of Sigmar? I kind of think it might be like the Kurnoth, where yeah. you don't really see anything yeah. in regular Age of Sigmar, just because it's like such an out there idea. Yeah. I feel like, and we, I don't know, I don't feel like the death book is old enough yet for them to want to be putting something new out and sure. having this be like a whole separate faction would be insane. Cause death already has a ton <laughs> of stuff. Um, but they definitely need like more diversity in zombies. So I wouldn't be like upset about it, but yeah, 
Now um, you can have your your uh, branch zombies. Your I don't know. Yeah, like tree zombies from uh, <laughs> from Curse City, and your your electro zombies mm-hmm. from uh, from Hero Deep. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Not not a lot more to be said about that. I think uh, I mean that explains the little lightning icon we saw, and uh, sure does. it definitely points in the direction of some themes that they can do. You know, charging up and arcing. I bet you're gonna be able to splash damage around or or uh, getting groups yeah. of these guys together, like you know, maybe not even like a supporting mechanic, but maybe if they're base to base with each other, they can get more power. I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of things, all kinds of ways it could go, but, um, I'm old and jaded. So anytime there's something kind of novel, it's, it's fun. So I, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see what they, what they do with this. Um, any more thoughts on that? I just hope that it's a smaller death war band again. I think the mm. four to five, fighter range would be nice uh sure. the first couple that we had were so like just massive it's like yeah let's keep it keep it down <laughs> and uh i think it's just kind of better for the balance of the game in general to have not not gigantic war bands like seven plus is mm. kind of hard to manage it seems so i um uh yeah i agree but um what the last seven fighter war band we had was all the way back to Grimwatch, right? Um, True. We've had some sixers. We had uh, uh, Kanan's Reapers. Um, so I, yeah. I'd just be curious to see. A, uh, I mean, I, I know they've, they've, they've done their, their undead hordes <laughs> plenty, but uh, yeah, if they can find another way to do it. Cool. And I bet they do. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be kind of nice to see another, raise mechanic if they can find a way to make it make sense mm. um you know the necromancer zombie thing has sort of always been a big deal in age of sigmar and going all the way back to fantasy so if they wanted to do that again i, I think it would make sense but um i don't know maybe they're leaning away from the revive stuff um got any community shout outs anything you've had a chance to read or check out Nothing that I've actually had a chance to read, although I really do want to go and check out um, Flavius's uh, additional posts about uh, hex placement. Um, mm. I meant to get back to it, but I uh, just haven't had the time. Yeah. So seems well, like people have reacted well to it, though. So I'm excited to yeah. go see it little behind the curtain we're uh we're recording this on a, a monday this will get released on saturday uh and it looks like flavius mm. is maybe looking to do sunday drops maybe he, he had he had some sentences mm. kind of implied that so uh might try to put it on your regular thing to to go take a peek over there on on sundays yeah. um i have a real strong recommendation for you this is the determined effort blog it's been quiet for a while um but it's mm. back out with an article called i think he called it illusory find this is this is incredible. This is like exactly I don't know. Like I got really excited reading this. Um, it is a super deep dive on one particular build, and um, what the author does is uh, I, I want to leave most of it for for the reader, but uh, takes a look at what if we take this. You know, you and I talked uh, a couple episodes ago about the uh, illusory might deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this is basically making a championship version of that is, is what I'd roughly mm-hmm. say. 
Uh, and th this is kind of the, the in-depth thing that blogs can be perfect for. So it goes into the, like, how did he pick this warband? He ends up picking Wormspan. How, how did, why that warband? Um, why not something else? And, uh, into that, uh, the deck itself, the breakdown of all, you know, why these cards are picked and then a whole bunch of matchups with notes about each of those matchups. Like, uh, I had this kind of record against this warband. I had this, it's, uh, it is a well-researched article and, uh, I strongly recommend it as, uh, as, uh, an experiment. I think he says right there that no promises that this is going to be a world beater deck or anything like that, but it's the idea of like, what if we take this idea to its logical extreme? Like where can we land on it? Um, yeah. and, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really great stuff. And so, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes here and you should absolutely go check it out. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, I guess my other one is, uh, path to glory, uh, had another episode out. that kind of talk about the status of the current meta. Um, they bring in compact the, uh, the new person at the helm of, uh, both set the tempo and running the, uh, discord vassal now or vassal mm. discord. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's some conversation there and that's useful if you happen to be prepping for, I don't know, a, uh, grand clash <laughs> coming up, um, yeah. uh, to, to get some of those thoughts. Uh, there's one, uh, there's one part where, uh, Jason Murray specifically says, you know, he's, he's talking about like, yeah, you can do these main things or like, who knows, like people haven't been playing in a long time. You could be the mad scientist that like brings something crazy and <laughs> figures it out. And I was like, He's talking directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I had to like shake my head like, no, no, like don't, <laughs> don't, put, don't put down the forest riders. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll see how much that grabs hold. But they also, I think I don't, didn't mention this before. They have a, they have a segment called uh, sleeve it or leave it, which I think is great and really kind of want to steal, honestly. Um, mm, yeah. But it's a, uh, uh, someone will write in and say, Hey, well, what about this card? Or they'll, they'll uh, suggest it themselves. Um, and it's a, they just take a look at one, a one-off card and say, what do we think of this card? And it could be any, any card from, I think, championship play. Uh, hmm. I, I will, uh, lodge a vote for, they, they eventually made it sleeve it or leave it. Uh, it originally was conceived as sleeve it or heave it, which I think is way better. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sleeve it or heave it. Uh, anyway, hats off to the, to the fellows over at Path to Glory. Uh, still some real interesting listening. So, uh, that's, what's going on with other people. What the heck is going on with you, Phil? Yeah. Uh, continuing to crush it, mm -hmm. um, practicing crushes with the intent to stay focused and actually bring them to a death con. <laughs> um, I was a little worried after the first outing that I had with them, um, uh, made some adjustments, pretty much took out all the flex, just was like, you know, if I'm gonna, you know, sometimes you just got to smash. Uh, <laughs> and it went a lot better second time around. I, right. I only got to play um, Skyler, who was one of our local guys who was also playing a Greenskins. Uh, he was using the Mad Mob and um, sort of knew going into it that that's a pretty tough matchup for him. Yeah. Um, and he he seemed to feel like he learned a lot of good lessons out of it, but it, it felt you know, I could tell that the 
it was not a very even match. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you after some conversations later with him, it left a lasting impression on him that game. So, oh, yeah. OK, uh, yeah. So hopefully not a hopefully not a sour one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, in the same way, like anytime you get a big beat down from well, uh, yeah. from a matchup, you you start wondering, like, uh oh, do I have everything in place? Like, did I? Weird. Yeah. And it's a it's a fair point. <laughs> like, figure out, like, am I at a scrap it and start again, or am I, or were there just really big lessons to be learned um, yeah. out of that, or you know what what makes me? Because you you know you can't always you're not going to win every game, but oh, no, you should be able to keep them. You, a lot of times you, you can say at least like, how could I have kept that close? Like, how did that get so out of hand? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, usually those big blowouts, either it was just like ridiculous, insane luck or, or there was some like fundamental, like misunderstanding of what your, what your play needed to be, like what your, what your, uh, strategy needed to be. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys get a chance to, to talk it over some, uh, but he's, he's, uh, He's been doing a lot of thinking about that deck. I, those guys, I'm excited to see uh, our our crew kind of uh, run around down there in, in Adepticon and see what see what they can do. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think as players, the group is going to represent uh, represent Madison pretty well. I'm pretty excited to to be cheering everybody on. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I definitely know the feeling of the. Uh, the sudden like dread of a blowout loss when I <laughs> got absolutely annihilated by your purifiers. Yeah. Uh, which speaking of what is going on with you? Uh, still purifying, honestly, trying not to let the siren call of the mad science take me. Um, I, I keep building <laughs> other, other decks, but uh, I had a really good match with uh, dread pageant. Nice classic matchup for the purifiers mm. uh, with Brian um, who's made some great refinements to his deck and I don't want to tip anyone off to his tech or anything like that. But, uh, I definitely had, uh, I think he and I each had a, a moment in the game where it was like, okay, that was real bad for me. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can avoid panicking, stay the course and see where I can go with this. Um, and so, uh, I think I've said it before. Uh, I think every time, uh, Brian and I are playing, it ends up being kind of a, a real brain burner for me again, because <laughs> of all those dread pageant cards. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that's just a great war band. Uh, and I might be taking them if, uh, one of our other locals wasn't already doing it. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at now. Um, I, I think I probably have to commit to those purifiers and then, uh, and then get them painted. I have to commit to something and get it painted at least. So, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but what do you say we jump into it here? Yeah, let's, uh, here. let's deep dive into the alliances. Yeah, so Grand Alliance specific cards. This is something that we kind of wanted to do for a little while. Uh, it's something new to this season. Uh, I think the idea that things could have a Grand Alliance is not fully unique. There was there was like an alternate play thing that was out in a White Dwarf about the avatars or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that... Uh, kind of mentioned some of that idea um but uh this is the idea that is familiar to anyone who plays uh the larger age of sigmar that uh that any army in that game is assigned to a grand alliance um which isn't to say that those alliances are inviolable like they they uh there's plenty of infighting um so nobody should take it as like oh well if i'm dead and this guy's dead then we really shouldn't be fighting like nah 
Nah, even order and order fight each other, but order, chaos, destruction, and death, kind of the four uh, main things. And they, uh, they're being applied here in Underworlds, specifically with uh, Grand Alliance-specific cards. Um, so we're going to take a look at those cards. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we think of the concept. Um, we're going to go through some of the cards specifically and how they represent that. And then uh, probably a little talk about where uh, what we might think the future holds for these. So uh, it'll be a little bit fluid back and forth between all those, but uh, just kind of where where it sits in the game right now. So, yeah. Phil, mm-hmm. um, let's just start with it. What do you think of the count? Like, why why do you th- why do you think we're doing this? Why do you think uh, Games Workshop decided to work with some Grand Alliance specific cards? Was it just for novelty? Was it for a different reason? Obviously, it's just speculation on our part. Um, but yeah. uh, and then. What do you think? Was it a good idea, bad idea? Lay, lay me out your broad thoughts about it. So I, my guess is that they, so we know that they had experimented a couple of times with introducing supplemental faction cards. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of like the idea of being able to be like, here's supplemental material for a specific faction to try and address like, here's more options we'll seed more stuff that's like not just uh the universals because universals you know there's the problem that hey if you make a good universal for this one warband chances are you've made it a good universal for a whole bunch of warbands but i think it becomes difficult to continue to try and support specific warbands because i mean one they they just let them go out of print very quickly and then also like you just would have to be making so many cards um that my guess is that they realized that they needed some other mechanic to be able to introduce limited cards into the format and grand alliances work very well to do that because it then segments all of the warbands into discrete categories where they can be like we know that this type you know, that, that most of the warbands of this Grand Alliance are of this type. So then we're going to build cards that sort of work to that strategy. And you can add specific and potentially flavorful effects directly into those warbands without affecting the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. I uh, I think I was thinking of the term as, like, as kind of like a gated design space, right? So like... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if there's there's some there's some things like uh, like destruction doesn't have a monopoly on the big guys, but they have most of them, right? They sure do. <laughs> uh, they've got both ogres, they've got the troll, they've got crushes, um, and so outside of them, there's Canaan. You know, um, yeah, uh, and so it's a thing where. Uh, if you continue with like a, just a pure universal pool, then any card you make that would be broken by, you know, by a big guy, uh, it, it, it will be, it'll be broken as long as, uh, that universal is, is tough to create, uh, if, if Molog is available in the game or, you know, any of these more recent, uh, more recent big, big fellas, um, but if you were to instead say put that in, uh, you know, a order, well, order doesn't have that big bruiser really. 
you know, sometimes there's every, everyone will lean some way for, uh, turreting up somebody, you know, like, uh, whatever the Voltron thing, but, uh, yeah. but it, it doesn't bust in the same way as it might for those. So it makes some cards available that wouldn't be otherwise. And as we come across some of those, we may, we may point them out as we discuss them. But, um, to your point, it's as more war bands come out, uh, this, I think this becomes more of a necessary thing. So this might've been like, uh, almost a necessary evolution, right? Yeah. Um, because like, think about season one, you know, if they designed, Hey, this card is for destruction only. And you'd be like, Oh, you mean iron jaws? Cause yeah. <laughs> no, iron, iron skulls boys. Cause, uh, you know, that's the only destruction we have right now. Um, same with death at that time. So it wasn't really a, a point to doing that. You would have just been making, uh, some more faction specific cards you'd eventually grow into other things. But, uh, now we're, we're at a point, um, where that is, uh, if not necessary, it certainly has to make it a little easier on the designers. Cause like now, now, you know, if you drop a universal card, you have to say like, which, how <laughs> it has to interact with what, like 36, I don't know, 39, yeah. 39 war bands, something insane. Um, uh, but if you can, if you can limit it down, like, okay, like instead of having to think about how this card interacts with 39 different war bands, let's just think about how this card interacts with nine war bands or 10 war bands or something like that. And that, that yeah. is a lot more feasible than, uh, than doing it all. So, um, I think we talk a lot about the why and the, uh, is it, you know, out of necessity, how do you feel about, um, what its impact has been? Like, do you, do you feel how do you feel like it's been in practice? I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think so far, outside of a very specific few warbands, I don't, I don't think that there's a lot of use of the cards. I think they're all fairly well designed, um, to the point where a lot of the universals are just better, and so you see a lot of warbands take universals instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, like I said, that that is you know faction and uh, warband specific, but I'd say the vast majority of the cards are cool, thematic, and have at least a use, mm-hmm. um, but maybe not like hugely powerful. So f- so far, I don't think we've really seen much of an impact. But we are also very early in the season, so there's not that many uh of these cards to even pick from sure i mean there's literally each grand alliance has currently has 12 they each have four objectives four upgrades four gambits um they got uh they and if you just look at the gaps in the in the cards you can expect one more of each in this final uh electric slide zombie warband coming our way um so they'll close out the season on 15 each um and so even, you know, if you think away that universals are often at, like there's, in reality, if you're talking purely for championship play, there's there's a relative low percentage of um, of any universal pool that's being used. Um, I think one, one almost unintended, well, I don't know, one, one side effect of this is, as we've talked about a number of times, the, the universal pool is currently... Uh, small because the start of a season and also small because of the uh, effects of hunger and primacy limiting what's what's truly universal um yeah and 
and by including these, we've actually further limited the universal pool. Uh, so what that, what that effect is, is I think those of us trying to build decks are feeling quite a squeeze right now. Like there just isn't a whole lot to, to pick from. And it's because of all these, uh, this just being one of them, the fact that, uh, of, of our universal pool, while there's 12 that are in our grand Alliance, that means that they're, you know, barring the next expansion we're we're looking at 36 more universals that we can't get access to because they land in a different grand alliance yeah and well that limitation has certainly been something that i've personally felt like well i'm building decks i'm like why are there no good cards to pick from <laughs> i think it's probably been for the better um i feel like it's hard to know what what's really strong right now and hmm. i think that's probably a good thing um sure. i mean we'll see if that continues to hold yeah but uh it definitely makes for interesting games where you sure. never really feel like you've got a, a guaranteed win or anything like that yeah yeah um and we had a pretty aggressive uh restricted list i think the the last far was pretty yeah aggressive as far as in, including things um including a lot of things and including things earlier than they might have and being pretty limited on what got dropped off. So, um, even, even on what is available, uh, some of those choices are further limited. And, um, you, you're saying like, I think it's a good thing. My, my take is I don't think it's good or bad. I think it is right. Like it's sure. You know, uh, you, you're making a deck in this world, you know, so this is, this is gravity for now. So can't, can't do anything about it. Better deal <laughs> with gravity. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have noticed a couple things with it. Uh, one is uh, it's had some effect on like familiarity with cards. Cause if you've been building decks with just a couple of war bands, maybe even both the war bands you were building with were in the same grand Alliance or something like that, then you're not looking at those other ones. And so what I'm finding is like, Oh, like somebody will play a card from a grand Alliance from a deck I haven't been building with. And I'm like, I actually don't know what that does. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been looking at that. So <laughs> you're going to have to help me out. What, what exactly does this do? Um, so, uh, I, that's, that's pretty by the by, but that's something I noticed. Um, and then also, uh, that it's a chance for them to kind of reinforce some ideas of like, what does it mean to be part of a grand Alliance? Um, we'll see a little bit of that. It's not like a hard and fast, but I, I don't know if you agree, but I think you could look at some of these and say, yeah, in general, there's some tendencies with these. They're saying like this grand Alliance is kind of about this thing and, you know, we're yeah. going to choose to reinforce that. And again, not hard and fast, but you know, that that's also true in the past. Like, uh, if you said, which, which grand Alliance is about raising fighters you say, well, death obviously, but they don't actually yeah. have, uh, you know, they don't have a, a monopoly on that. You got Skaven doing it and, even soul rate a little bit so for sure but uh those those are kind of the the broad things with it we're uh you want to talk it's not a super exciting breakdown of that but um we we did take a look at what's out there right now as far as uh what kind of gambits upgrades surges and that sort of thing you want to talk that in broad terms and then get into you can pick a grand alliance and we'll dig into it sure might as well should we start at chaos i feel like chaos at least to me, I feel like chaos is maybe the maybe aptly the least focused of these. <laughs> sure. Um, um, yeah. What if you were to try and uh, find some themes in there? What What did you notice? Um, 
in there. Yeah. So I guess I kind of feel like they're leaning a bit on the aggro side. Mm. Um, but like I said, it's kind of this weird mix. So like you've got, you've got things like the objectives all too real and path to chaos, which okay. are, um, respectively a friendly fighters upgrade attack action takes a target out of action or a friendly fighter successful illusion attack action takes a fighter out of action. Well, I think or no, it just, just, a, be... just a successful attack yeah. with an illusion. So, that, yeah. but so like, okay, we're making attacks or path to chaos. Three or more friendly fighters are in enemy territory or two or more enemy fighters are out of action. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very aggressive. Um, but then you have generous blessings, which is one or more friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other side of that is that if you have one or more surviving friendly Nurgle fighters and enemy fighters have three or more wound counters, which is their, uh, you know, inspire thing. So, yeah, it's. I think you you sort of get this idea that okay, generally chaos is aggressive, but then they're also focused on like each of the gods is kind of mixed in here. They they have some flavor for most of them, and then there's like maybe blessings or something. Like I <laughs> can't quite uh, put a finger on it, but it's like we're trying to do something here that feels like chaos gods um, sure well uh i mean just as a small thing they they uh there's a couple of mutations in there um yeah so that's something and that uh that that is a, a thing that the the background of edge of sigmar and 40k does is like chaos provides these gifts but they are you know mutations so they're kind of horrific uh changes that are you know quote unquote blessings um, I thought that was a cool touch. So you got a new keyword, you know, like, mm-hmm. like we've seen in the past with, you know, whatever, uh, metaliths and stuff like that. Um, so we got, uh, yeah. mutations it currently doesn't mean anything other than it's cool. Um, but a mutation in general means that it's, it's some kind of generic upgrade. Uh, I think right now we have an equivalent of, uh, great fortitude and great speed, but it can be given for free if you take somebody out of action. So, um, yeah, so there's that. And then there's a little bit of a illusion interaction. Um, uh, like you mentioned, there was the all too real, um, just successfully making an attack with an illusion is pretty decent. If you're, if you're building towards that, there's some pretty accurate illusion attacks there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we saw with the phantom darts, spear and fists, uh, all those are either throwing a lot of dice or getting a lot of chances to attack because of range or have cleave, you know, so. Uh, that's cool. And then there's uh, uh, there's a desperate bargain, I believe, has a has a little bit more um, uh, interaction with with illusions, and maybe not like a thing that you're gonna snap up or anything like that. But uh, uh, that one, let's see if I can find that. Yeah, yeah. Desperate so bargain. Okay, go ahead. Um, so it's a reaction gambit. Um, so you play this when a friendly fighter is dealt damage after you check to see if they're out of action. So it's just making sure you can't play it if they're going to die. And then they have to be vulnerable. And mm-hmm. if you don't remember, vulnerable is a keyworded thing now where if you have just one 
wound remaining, um, so it's just shorthand for that, mm. uh, you then get to give the fighter one upgrade from your hand or one illusion upgrade from your discard pile. Uh, I So I actually built a Godsworn deck that had this in there uh, with... <laughs> with <laughs> with a couple of like oh, gross oversights uh the first being uh i totally forgot about inspiration steps so i was like yeah it's yeah. gonna be amazing i'm gonna run through a lethal i'm gonna you know it'll be one of the two wounders run through a lethal become vulnerable get an upgrade for free inspire attack oh it's perfect and then uh thought about it a little bit more like no they they i think the timing on this works such that you could on the fly give somebody an upgrade by charging through a lethal or some such, uh, but they wouldn't inspire until after that activation. Like, Correct. well, then that's not so great. Um, and also lethals are relatively rare compared to, I, I it's hard, man, like building decks. I, I still imagine lethals being, uh, everywhere as in the, the beast grave and, and, uh, <laughs> dire chasm season. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, there may be something here if you, probably not though but if you're if you're working illusions or something yeah um, but uh, so i mean this is a bit of a tangent but like the vulnerable mechanic just feels completely untenable to me like how many times has it even ever come up for you yeah yeah exactly so so i um, don't know but point being um this plus the objective there's a couple ways that they interact with illusions there's an upgrade that's an illusion it's an awful illusion phantom pain Oof. uh yeah no. extra range for minus one defense um there I, I bet you i mean i think this is the kind of card that it's hard to imagine it going into something somebody may find a crazy deck down the line uh depending on uh what comes out but um but yeah probably not but yeah. but point being like mutations and, and that um i think uh uh those those are kind of our two themes um you talk about aggressive and i think in general that's true do you have any do you have a couple of favorites from here that uh you'd call um i mean i do like both the illusions i think they're both good um just generic upgrades i mean especially the gifted bulk i think Uh, mutations you're saying not illusions oh yes mutations Yeah. yeah um i don't know i don't really like any of their uh objectives all that much but if you're going with the illusion route, all too real is an auto include at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's real strong with uh, with an illusion deck. Yeah, which is probably like you said, you know, Nurgle gets picked for that deck in the yeah. write ups, and it's probably part of the reason for it. Yeah, um, which is cool, and I think illusions have a lot of like. My first reading of illusions was that they were going to be this sort of niche, like, yeah, that's cute, but it's not like that good because you're going to just have them get you know, discarded, but usually they work out better than you'd sure. expect. And you yeah. sort of get in this mindset of using them as gambits rather than as upgrades. And uh, I've been very happy with them every time I've played them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you on gifted bulk uh, in particular. Uh, I'll be interested to see if there's anything that keys off of mutations, like, you know, yeah, uh, coming forward. Um, uh, but uh, I think I wasn't, all that excited when I saw it because it's not it's not a super exciting card, but Great Fortitude makes it into a lot of decks, and this is Great Fortitude with a little extra mm-hmm. thing that makes it better. And if you might presume that if they're going to do one more mutation, that it might be a Great Strength 
with a reaction. This is this is the one that you want to have as a reaction because yep. uh, something like extra damage or extra speed, you kind of want that before you make your charge, before you make your your kill. This is a real nice one if you like. Hey, they left um, they left a, a dangle bro up front. They left a two wound fighter. I can pick that person off. Get some seed glory. Uh, if you manage to make the kill, then you can give yourself some extra protection by putting this mutation on for free and then uh, retain the, the spare glory either to put another defensive upgrade on or uh, throw a speed boost on somebody else, you know? So yeah. uh, I think this is a, this is a, I think this is a card that's going to see plenty of play in chaos decks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like people take plus wounds all over the place. So there's sure. almost no reason not to have this. I mean, if, yeah. if somebody just said to me, you can just have an extra great <laughs> fortitude. I'd be like, okay, I'll run two great fortitudes. Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other one of their cards that's interesting to me is Chaotic Paths. Mm. Uh, so this is Gambit that they have. You pick an enemy fighter with no, well, you, specifically you choose. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a thing there. Uh, you choose an enemy fighter with no move or charge tokens. Um, and then the player you chose, so the, the player of the fighter you chose, has to pick either to deal one damage to the fighter or that they have to uh you you get to scatter three from that fighter's hex and push the fighter along the chain and then of course they have this standard text of like if for some reason you can't push them then they just stop yeah but either way that can definitely like if somebody's like i need to be on this objective and then you're like well there you go here's a (laughs) fun choice for you sure um i think that could be pretty useful i i do think that the limitation of no mover charge tokens can be a little rough though yeah uh especially so because what it means is that if they choose to opt for the scatter instead it means they still have a move or charge to yeah. uh, bring them back into position so yeah um, i think it'll be uh i think it's worth playing around with i think it probably ends up getting cut uh i am surprised as a longtime vortimus player that you didn't uh, mention agonizing bolts well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't appreciate that there is a zine-specific uh, spell. I just mm. don't know how good it is. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so this one is uh, goes off on a single focus. If cast, choose one enemy fighter within three hexes of the caster or within four hexes of the caster if the caster is a zinch fighter. Deal one damage to the chosen fighter or two damage to the caster suffered backlash. Uh, I actually forgot about that last backlash caveat. Uh, not that it would come up all that often. Although there are it wouldn't unless, I mean, we have seen before ways to manufacture like, uh, you know, I think uh, maybe Zarbag has something where he can uh, increase yeah. his power and increase his chance of backlash. But point being, um, uh, ping damage is really rare right now in the game. Like it is it is hard to come by. There was a it time is. where uh, it was all over the place, but yeah. uh, not so much. And uh, four hexes is, is a pretty reach out and touch you, so... Uh, right at the start of Harrow Deep, I, I did have a eyes deck. Um, it wasn't amazing, but um, I definitely had this in there as a, as a uh, cool thing. Uh, it is. Yeah, I'll say it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket if you're fighting um, Cunning Crew. Oh, I bet who uh, who skin to their teeth, and then you're like, well, all right, I have something for that. <laughs> <laughs> so. And ping you. One. Um, but this is this is uh, I think this is a good example to bring up that idea we talked about compartmentalizing your design space. Um, let's go back in time and pretend that 
they had Grand Alliance cards uh, back in uh, Night Vault. Uh, oh, yeah. Because the, here was the problem. In Night Vault, uh, you were looking, you are saying, ah, oh, man, like if with just a few more spells, uh, Vortimus could really maybe make some stuff happen. But they come out, they'd be universal, and they get restricted because Vortimus was collateral damage for curse breakers. Uh, every single time. You feel, yeah, this is exactly. Great for Vortimus. Like, yeah, you think it's great for Vortimus. <laughs> <laughs> so you lock this behind a grand alliance, uh, and all of a sudden uh, you can you can work with it a little bit more. So yeah. uh, but exciting potential there is, is my take. So yeah. I um, would go ahead. Like, I really like magic in the game, but I feel yeah. like they really have shied away from it. Sure. Um, I would rather it like if you're not going to have a way to score glory off of casting spells, which right now I don't think is really very viable. Mm. Um, maybe if you're playing curse breakers, but even then it feels rough. Like if you're going to make it where you really are only sprinkling these in since you have to roll for it, I feel like they should push it more like make it do more. Yeah, it's like cards that don't work all the time need to do something sure like good <laughs> uh and given that there's a 40 percent chance that this card does nothing um you well not guaranteed no with vortimus would be better than that but still yeah he's got a 75 percent chance to hit on this thing yeah um, so but one damage at 75 percent does not feel like enough to me i feel like if you're gonna make vortimus do stuff like that you need you need a better reason to sure. be doing it i mean and he's you, the, that reason is going to be that you have uh incantation myriad incantations in your deck uh, uh, it scores yeah, if you have right. most game but like you there's ways you can it. capitalize off of having this sort of thing uh any that, that faction does have stuff for casting multiple spells that's that's yeah. kind of the reason spells can get away with doing some things that are but yeah i mean uh, I, we, we were coming down on, on slightly different, uh, <laughs> levels of, of desire for this thing. Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a kind yeah. of card that is interesting to have in these grand Alliance, um, things. So, and it's very flavorful. Like I, sure. I think they did a good job with hitting the flavor on all of these that are fact, like, uh, like Nurgle, Zinch, Corn. Yeah, um, specific. I, th- yeah. I think that's good, and I'd like to see more of that. I think. Sure. Let me hit you with this. Uh, we got five, uh, three, five. I'm gonna blank. We should have three more. We have three more. Uh, probably one objective, one upgrade, one gambit coming. Any predictions for what we might see? Well, like you said, there's probably another mutation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it'll exactly be just plus one damage. Yeah, It'd be, it would sort of fit, but it would kind of feel powerful. I think it'd be insane to have an extra like <laughs> an uh, extra great strength. Yeah, like weapons master is that one that came out in illusory might, which is uh, great strength, but only if you have three upgrades on. Right. Uh, yeah. A whole grand alliance having access to two great strengths. I, I would be startled if they chose to do that. Yeah, but it'd be yeah, very strong. I'm, I'm with you. I think another mutation probably. And then maybe we see an objective that pays off for having mutations. Mm-hmm, so like sure. if a fighter has two or more mutations or something, you score one glory in an end phase. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, make it like the ones that are have three upgrades, but instead it's only two because they're mutations specifically. Yeah. In terms of gambits, I don't know. I can, <laughs> they can do anything. <laughs> sure. Uh, 
I'm going to guess, uh, I'm, I'm with you on all those, and I'm going to guess one of these coming out will have some slanish specific uh, bump. Yeah. That's the only that's the only chaos guide that is, doesn't get a specific call out so far in these uh, in these ones. So uh, not going out on a crazy limb here, but no. uh, that's what we're seeing. Uh, I, and I like something you said, like the flavor is great, uh, and chaos has that extra. So we talked about a little bit of illusions, um, mutations, and then... Uh, it's almost like mini grand alliances within their grand alliances for the, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, for those. So, um, and we've, we've seen that elsewhere too, where there's the, there's the upgrade that, uh, turns somebody into a spell caster. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or it's a bound bolt bound spell bolt. Yeah. and corn, corn fighters can't take it. And so I, I'm, I'm a fan of them as, as people who listen to our other podcasts know, we're, we're big fans of the lore. And so I like seeing that bleed in, um, there's a reason I don't play this with paper, you know, paper cutouts or whatever. It's because yeah, it's got a cool background. But sure does. That's the take on chaos. Well, uh, how about uh, you want to go death next? Yeah, let's go to death. We can okay. chat about some some dead boys. Sure. Uh, you see a theme with these? Um, I don't. No, <laughs> if there's really a theme with these ones all that much either i do know that we definitely have the strongest of or at least in my opinion we have the strongest infection uh card in death yeah um which is you can only be speaking out partial resurrection <laughs> yeah yeah um, um <laughs> yeah i see them doubling down on the on the resurrection theme so they've got stuff that obviously uh what we're talking about there is partial resurrection place one friendly fighter that is out of action on a starting hex in your territory. Give him a raise token. Give that fighter wound counters until that fighter is vulnerable. Um, so lean into that. There's some more that plays with that, like reborn in darkness, where if you give someone a raise token, place that fighter in a cover hex. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird because it basically only interacts with uh sepulchral guard, right? Cause none of the other ones actually yeah. give raise counters when they come back, but it is still plays with that mechanic. Uh, me, I thought there was a surprising amount of combat stuff in here. There like, is a good amount of it. Yeah. Like attack oriented objectives. Uh, like I, I, you know, traditionally, like we always used to think about in the early days about death war bands being, yeah, we're going to wander around and stand on stuff. Um, not so much according to these grand Alliance cards. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like some of the infection sepulchral card, uh, sepulchral guard cards where it was mm. like, took two fighters out of action in a single round it's like yeah. when did that ever happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what uh yeah so i i agree on that i i think the other i was just interesting to see some of these uh like because sepulchral guard are really 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 light on surges i think they might only have uh skills on forgotten which is the warden's got to kill somebody. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, rough. cool. Surges in here. Uh, Death's champion. Score this immediately after your leader's attack. And you take target. I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn it. I already yeah. have that. Come on. Yeah. Um, Feel, I almost wonder, like, each of the death factions feels very different. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of all have similar things that they do. They're all larger warbands. They all kind of can hold objectives to a certain degree. Kane's Reapers are obviously much more aggressive. Yeah, but like, it, it makes it harder to design um, a faction 
specific set that's going to work well for all of them because they all do such different things. And then, of course, the vampires are like way out there on left field. Like they're very aggressive. They do hunger, which, of course, is not seen anywhere here. So sure. Um, Um, Yeah, you got vampires, you got mourn flight and you got wraith creepers are these weird um four fighter four bands that are pretty excited to see a card like partial resurrection so they can get yeah. in on that um this is a this is another great example of compartmentalizing your design space you could never print a gambit like partial resurrection and make it a global universal like no oh, just, it would be awful. <laughs> just insane yeah too, <laughs> too much to like try and wrap your head around um they did a smart thing by making it uh, restricted to having your, uh, leader in play. So if the leader goes down, this Mm -hmm. is a dead card and therefore can't be used on the leader. Uh, but still like, um, I mean, I think that obviously it got restricted and, and people may grumble about that card, but, uh, I like it. I like it being in there. I like that it will rotate. I think, you know, the, the real question is how, how powerful is it in those four fighter war bands? Um, I don't think is a much of a problem in something like Grimwatch or Sepulchral Guard. Like the chance for them to double down on that is pretty, uh, pretty yeah. cool idea. Um, so uh, it's it's uh, strictly strictly worse than uh, what a Raised Dead. Yep. Um, yeah. Know, the Infection um, Sepulchral Guard card is just straight better, but but uh, having two of that is pretty yeah, it's pretty spicy. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, I just want to kind of, I know people have talked a lot about that, but with that take on it, um, what, uh, what else do you have any, uh, notables or favorites that you want to point out here? Um, so I think we sort of mentioned that the objectives are, you know, most of them are fairly aggressive. Lurking death is for standing on cover hexes, which yeah. is nice. Um, I do, it's not really a notable card in that it's like something that I'm like, ooh, I really want to play this, but I like that they keep, you know, we're seeing some experimentation in the mechanics this season and Plunder the Graves is a gambit mm. uh, that, that continues to do that. And so this is, you shuffle your power discard pile face down, draw the top card and return it to your hand. So you're getting one power card back from your discard pile at random yeah um so (laughs) you kind of have to have a lot of powerful uh you know power cards to really Mm -hmm. want to use this but if you know that there's like one or two cards that are just backbreaking in your warband you can play this in situations where there's like one or two cards in your discard pile and you have a very good chance of getting back exactly what you need. Sure. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that. Yeah. I, and once again, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, it helps to gate this. Like mm-hmm. uh, it, it'd be, it'd be kind of crazy if you could, I mean, not broken, but it'd be kind of crazy to do, uh, do this with like far striders where they get the Raptor strike, the, reach out and yeah. do one damage to somebody four away then play this pick it back up yeah. do it again just have two unstoppable damage uh, i was thinking of other goofy stuff i mean again thematics right like the place we've seen this before outside of some weird spells that didn't really get used is uh recycled riches out of grim watch that lets them mm-hmm. 
dig back up a, uh, a faction specific, uh, power card. Um, this, this is, I was thinking like, what if you had this in, you know, so you, you, uh, dig plunder the graves, accidentally draw recycled riches, <laughs> go, go back in, just spend, get it spend again. an inordinate amount of time digging through your discards and I'm going to get the one I want. Dang it. <laughs> Shuffling stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to for sure think of a deck that uses this, but I, I think, uh, I think again, the, the gated, uh, design space, um, is important. And then, uh, just see, see where it comes. Um, you, for me, you mentioned, uh, in passing, you mentioned lurking death. I think that's pretty significant because this is a two glory end phase. And, uh, as we've seen, it's, they're a little bit few and far between, especially of the non-restricted non-combat variety. Mm -hmm. Um, and this does require you to get into enemy territory, but it only requires one. Um, and so I think Grimwatch are yeah. particularly interested in this one because they end up raising somebody up back in enemy territory. And they kind of don't care if like, oh, well, you know, because as it reads, two or more friendly fighters are each in a cover hex. One or more of those fighters are in enemy territory. But after you score it, your opponent gets to pick someone and uh, pick one of your uh, fighters to take one damage if they're in a cover axe. And it doesn't have to be one of the two that you're counting on. So you, you have to be a little careful, make sure Duke is not standing back on <laughs> yeah. cover hacks and accidentally blows his, uh, his protection by getting hurt like that. But uh, you can work around this. You know, if you have someone you don't want to get pinged, you can delve Just, at the right time. Yeah, and all that sort don't of have them so, in there. Uh, I think this has to be in consideration for people who are designing this sort of, uh, the sort of deck that cares about feature tokens. At least oh yeah. To think about for it. Sure. So, and I um, think, uh, I think coup de gras, uh, this, uh, surge score immediately after an attack action that took an enemy fighter out of action. If that fighter had one or more wound counters and then declare it to action step. Um, it's not broken by any means. Uh, but it's, it's one that's doable that in a way that doesn't depend on a particular fighter being alive. Right. Like, yeah, um, that's true. Uh, and I think, uh, quite a few of those death war bands are, are in a position where they're not necessarily one shotting people. There's exceptions, but, um, you think about like, uh, oh, like early vampires early on, they've got fair accuracy, but they're doing two a pop. So they're trying to stack. So this is, this is mm -hmm. something that works well for them and others. So, yeah. And sort mm -hmm. of going the opposite direction of primacy, right? So you're, you're kind mm -hmm. of rewarding for actually taking the the opportunity to hit someone multiple times rather than just <laughs> i'll stack all the plus strength stuff and then yeah. blow everything apart in one hit yeah yeah um anything else you wanted to mention so i th i mean they've got an interesting number of accuracy modifiers yeah um stuff that's giving in snare and or cleave which we don't see as much anymore which is mm -hmm. actually interesting it's something i noticed recently that it's like hey, cleave is pretty rare to see anymore outside of some weapon upgrades and stuff and mm -hmm. i feel like it's with the amount of going on guard it's becoming more valuable again like there was a sure. while there where everything was just about stack all the dodge you know um and i feel like the number of dice has come back down for defense on the whole, and we're relying a little more on uh, guard for getting 
improve defense and having cleave is useful but it's just not around as much anymore yeah i think you're specifically referring to swooping shadow is a good example here and this is a gambit Uh, that first attack and the next activation has ensnare not great you're you're probably taking determined effort before that but if that fighter has flying or is a hunter then it also has cleave and all of a sudden that is running some of the the numbers on that especially into like two dice on guard people uh you are looking at yeah it's it's like a 20 you know sometimes as much as like a 24 25 buff to your chances to hit um depending on what you were rolling in the first place and that is that is a huge bump um yeah so and uh the up there's an upgrade that's got a similar effect as life seeker um so your range one attack actions on the fighter have cleave which we've seen you know that upgrade plenty of times but if they're also an assassin then they also have ensnare Hmm. um so if you've got i don't actually know who is an assassin in any of the death fighter (laughs) war bands but if you've got an assassin that needs an accuracy boost boy is this a good way to do it sure Uh, cleave and ensnare just all the time that is pretty nuts yeah um so uh, a curiously combat uh, oriented set of uh, set of yeah, cards for yeah. death, but uh, some gems in there. Um, and I, I definitely think there's uh, whatever your death faction is doing. There's at least a couple that you're going to be considering uh, in there, whatever, whatever you're trying to do with it. Um, let's talk destruction. Ooh, um, I like these ones. <laughs> do you? All right. Well, tell me, did you, did you see a, a theme on these? Um, so they kind of have, so again, there's some aggressive stuff, but there's, there's some like anti objective pieces and support related stuff, which Mm. is sort of interesting. Um, and it actually feels a little weird to me that destruction, which has some of the smallest or like least number of efficient fighters, (laughs) this the area where they were like we'll go all in on support yeah um but that being said the cunning crew really leaned into it really heavily and um the uh the original gabos they they'd certainly like it too so sure but you know what if you go all the way back to uh iron skulls boys they actually had a weird number of of cards that were for like for supporting like did they the old one Mm. too yeah there was there was more than you would have thought for a slow four fighter war band. Um, part of, part of what gave them a struggle with they, they had, uh, more than, more than one or two in there. That, <laughs> if, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. so, um, as somebody who tried running, what was essentially as close to their rivals deck as you could, I found myself having to <laughs> try to work with those. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and uh-huh. I think the other thing I noticed on this was uh, stagger comes up quite a few times. Yeah, that's right. Um, which I think is something we just, I don't know if, like, I kind of like it in theory, but I feel like it's just not around enough to really be able to take advantage of it yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping <sighs> we see more of it. It's a thing where most of the places I see it, it's where it, it it's useful in combination with something else. Like there's the, uh, uh, there's the card for um, the cunning crew, it's uh the push card yep um uh, creeping 
freaked out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't. It is incorrect card enough. name here. <laughs> uh, we pushed to the closest end stagger, and that was that was a good card because you not only would you set up your crazy supports in that warband, but um, if you got adjacent, you'd stagger. So it was it was ended up being like a positioning thing, but also a pretty notable accuracy boost if you could mm-hmm. if you could time it right. Um, and so that's where I tend to see stagger the most, like we're seeing a lot of phantom fists showing up. Um, so it's coming up not as a main goal, but as a, uh, nice side effect of some things that you are, it's, it's like a, uh, it's like a mechanic that's bringing things from like the, yeah, this is okay to like, yeah, I will include this on, on some things. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the, the tipping point on a few cards. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the other thing that I like about these, and maybe this is actually not a good thing from a design standpoint, but a lot of these feel very generic in a sense, Mm. um, which I think makes them easier to use. So Mm -hmm. like, I haven't actually found a good way to make it work yet, but the objective easy come, easy go feels very strong. We just don't tell me, have. Like, tell me the what right. it is. <laughs> so, so this is an end phase for one glory, um, but it's scored in the end phase if you have no power cards in your hand. Mm. So if you if you just know that you're going to be able to play out all your cards, it's a guaranteed glory. Sure. Um, what if I what if I told you there might be a deck that can go with this? Oh, I bet it's, there is. <laughs> it's the illusion deck. I, I think well, if right. you go yeah. right, like because you you can almost guarantee you can empty your hand there. Um, I, yeah. I, again, like we theorized about some of these, like, uh, but yeah, it's it's tough, man. <laughs> uh, but it might be, you know, it might be that. Oh, gosh, what was the other one? I thought it was uh, was black powder. We talked about the the kind of control build. Like maybe he's yep. got. Uh, Maybe he's got daylight robbery. Maybe he's got uh, desperate bargain. Um, yeah, desperate bargain. I think would be a solid they, choice there you if you want to clear your hand out. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I like I was thinking about it, and I was like, when I was playing Hrothgorn, yeah, you know, back back in the day, yeah. uh, there were tons of times where I felt like I just burned through all the cards in my hand because sure. he could make perfect use of any any ploys that you drew into is like well they're gonna get used this turn there's yeah i'm not just sitting around waiting to use these ploys yeah and you oftentimes because of how easy the glory was to come by you could just stack all your upgrades and like mm. there was you didn't really have to worry about waiting to put them on because it's like you know who they're going on mm. <laughs> you don't have to worry mm. about it yeah um so yeah i don't know it, it feels like some of these that it makes for easy options um Sure. I'd, it's it's a card that on its face, like I see why the thematics are there is like just recklessly using your power cards. That feels like a destruction thing to go to do. But yeah. but it also it has a taste of a card that is a little bit feels like a bygone era. Like uh I we we saw some of these, I think there was like uh out of out of tricks or no tricks left or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's I, I I can't remember the exact name, but it definitely had like a Slayer looking pretty depressed on the art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, it feels like the kind of card, uh, like, you know, some of these that were for, did you draw a certain number of times? It feels like the kind of card that, that can sometimes enable some of those like ultra passive decks. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised, like we haven't seen as many of them recently. I'm surprised that this 
uh, still made it in. But yeah, again, I guess once it's, uh, once it's trapped in a grand alliance and it limits how many could potentially use it. So, yeah. Oh, but like I said, I mean, like you, you, <laughs> you could get some really passive scoring going with Hrothgorn and it was mean, like to the well, point yeah. where you, like, man, I don't know. And the uh, guy who used to do it best was also in destruction, Molog, you know? So. Yeah. That's true. You can just yeah. sort of sit around, score some glory, get going, and then yeah. smash face. But this think, makes it things like we're big upping this card a little, a little more than it probably yeah, deserves. Yeah, we maybe just, we're waxing a little uh, <laughs> nostalgic here, but but I do th- I like. I also really like scant rewards. Um, like mm. you said, we hmm. we have a sort of a dearth of two score um, uh, end phases right now. Yeah. And well, this one is n- by no means guaranteed. If you know yeah. you're playing it, though, you can build around it. Um, yeah. So, th- so this one is a hybrid where either you score it with having no feature tokens in your territory and in no one's territory, which to Big me is oof. Yeah. literally <laughs> almost impossible. Yeah. Um, like maybe if you've got token removal. Yeah. Man, that is hard but then the other side is just there are no objective tokens Mm -hmm. that comes up a decent amount anymore nowadays like yeah there's obviously play against it but like you can catch somebody out for this sure it it feels like a best of one card it feels like a best of three um it if if you know you have to counterplay this then uh it's not too hard to counterplay um, true but i think i think sometimes i overstate just how easy that is like i uh i've definitely goofed up uh, in this <laughs> most recent game i i, I could have uh counterplayed i suspected i had to look out for uh uh another ski scant resources yep um and i uh, just totally like goofed up the timing on it and like well if he's got it he's got it oh he's got it okay all, great. all the objectives are held yeah, yeah no objectives on the board <laughs> like it, it's yeah. the kind of thing where yeah i don't know yeah. Um, if it was for one glory, it would be an absolute never take it. But for two, I think you can sort of maybe work towards it. And again, you know, Hrothgorn's got that built-in faction token removal. So like, I don't know if you really want to go that route, you could always just blow up objective <laughs> tokens in your opponent's sure. territory or whatever. Is that stuff still restricted? I don't remember. We'll have to. Somebody's shouting at me right now. Um, but yeah, so, and, uh, and then the, I'll just, the one more objective that I really like, I guess I mm-hmm. could just say that I don't like path of destruction and maybe we could have shortened this, but the more the meaner, <laughs> like for the war bands that can take advantage of it, it's so easy because you don't have to succeed. You just make an attack that has two yeah. or more supporting fighters. Like, yeah, <laughs> what? yeah, the, uh, the kind of crew are like. Oh, right. They, yeah. They'd be even more so if they didn't already have a clone of this. In their yeah. Own. Well, right. But you just yeah. run both, right? I mean, <laughs> you're just like, okay, surges that are guaranteed glory. Let's do it. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's uh, wild. I don't know that destruction needed the, the help really, but you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I agree with the caveat is that I don't see a ton on here that, uh, really blows things open for for the you know like the crushes or the you know like it's true uh the more the meaner um ripa's likes doing stuff with support but 
yeah, uh, it's tough when there's only three of you and uh and some of their support stuff like um bonded is now restricted so that that mm-hmm. stuff got harder for True. Them. um yeah it may be that it's just like within each subsection so like with the objectives or gambits or upgrades it's like there's one or two things in each section where one warband is like this is great mm. and then the rest of them they're like eh, actually i can't really take advantage of this but um you know it's like i just think it's interesting because sure. it feels like you can find ways to make some of this stuff work yeah um yeah oh i guess i didn't ask this for for death but I, it was more interesting for chaos so maybe i'll leave off the what do you what do you expect coming hmm. on these ones i don't i don't know that i have a lot that i could <laughs> no probably um, not with uh yeah with destruction there's a little bit of, of uh, upgrade breaking in here too um there which is. i guess you i guess you see a little bit of that in uh that's black powder bringing that to the to the mix that's that's black powder's theme so um not that not that black powder would necessarily take that stuff, but the, the whole, uh, upgrade destruction stuff always like makes my brain start ticking over. And then I'm like, no, I can't figure out a way or like I, or yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard to be like, yeah, I would rather break something of the other person's upgrades than do a thing myself, you know, like, um, it certainly feels like there's like, if there's just, one or two more things that support it all of a sudden it could like sure. blow open but right now it, it you know there's yeah it's useful yeah but it's not it's not something you really build around i don't think yeah all right well only one grand alliance left unless you've got uh, anything else i think the only other thing that i find very interesting but i haven't figured out who you put it on yet from destruction is trogoth's blood Mm. It's an upgrade that you have to give to a fighter with a wounds characteristic of four or less. They become a hunter, and then every time you give them an upgrade, they heal one. Yeah. I maybe like Mad Mob can take advantage of that. Because like you don't really put it on a small fighter, right? Mm-hmm. But but being able to heal one every time you upgrade a four wound fighter could be pretty useful. I I was building a ripa deck and trying to decide if this would go in there. Um, they do have a tendency to, you know, narrow escape uh, is a card that helps them survive yeah. without having. And you do like to stack upgrades. I mean, you have to because there's only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And inevitably, I lose one in a stupid way, and then I'm like, well, I guess I putting all the upgrades on these other two. Um, it just it's just a little slow, I think, but I, someone could prove me wrong. And of course you can always put it on and then, you know, put it on and then also your next upgrade, which also heals is a plus one wound or something like that. Um, yeah. So. I, and I mean, here's another thing that you could pair with illusions very well. Oh, that's a, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's a question of whether you need healing, but like there's a way to probably make that work. <laughs> sure and i guess if you think of it like this you know sometimes i'm putting on a upgrade like great fortitude as a okay like they managed to push a fighter back into a lethal or something like that and now all of a sudden there's only three health left on this guy and uh uh you know and then he's in killable range so a lot of times i'm putting something to bring somebody back up out of uh, killable range mm-hmm. uh 
this, as long as you get another upgrade on, it's almost like a great fortitude, right? If, if your fighter is wounded, yeah. um, uh, then this one, and that means the next, if you put a, if you like, if your next one was great fortitude, then this is effectively like a, a heal one plus one, um, between the two of them. So it, it mm-hmm. brings you two up from where you were. Um, yeah. that starts looking pretty interesting. Um, I guess there's so, even yeah. a question like, could you use the reaction on this upgrade after playing this upgrade? Cause the trigger is after this fighter is given an upgrade. Hmm. Hmm. It's not very Whoa. clear to me. I didn't even think about that. Hmm. <laughs> I, I think, I think my brain wants to say no, but like, yeah. I think technically probably works. Cause you put the upgrade on and as after the upgrade has gone on, yeah, you now have the window, and you would trigger in that window. So maybe, huh? But interesting. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So I maybe. don't know. It's, it's like I said. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you can do with it right now, but it's something that I definitely am keeping my eye on. All right. Should we close out order? Move it along. Let's do it. All right. Only I, I'm going to jump in right away. My only complaint about order is that my old old eyes uh, keep thinking that the order symbol is the chaos symbol. Uh, well, my, my less old eyes also think that. So, um, I, I don't think it's just you. All right. <laughs> I, I look at them and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a K. Uh, no, wait, that's order. Um, some kind of halo, especially on some of these where I'm like, that would be great on this four band. And then, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, themes on these guys, uh, They've got, uh, they definitely have guard going on. Guard is certainly their thing. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of always been orders thing. I feel like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, all the way back to the very first, right? mm -hmm. Like, uh, 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 not storm sire, steelheart. Yeah. Steelheart was about the guard. All about the guard and trying to survive and be tougher than everybody else, but maybe not actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so they've got guard tokens. They've got some like friendly fighters being in enemy territory stuff, but not like just crazy aggressive stuff. It's like just for being there, you get some rewards, which is right. interesting, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um, an interesting mixed bag. I think the guard token stuff, though, is definitely the strongest theme that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, people who might be down for some of that, uh, I, I can say that, uh, Miari's is kind of, kind of about it a little bit. I think mm-hmm. they even have a objective in there that will score them if they get all on guard, etc. So, um, yeah. but they have enough, like, especially inspired, uh, once they're inspired, they're, all of them are on two dice. They got a couple on dodge that care about it. And, um, so, uh, there's there's plenty of war bands in the in the mix there that are that are uh interested in this sort of uh there they wouldn't be sad to have some extra guard stuff going on um even uh uh <laughs> even blade club blade coven uh like are they, yeah. they they get to they get to two dodge and they are they benefit quite a bit from from being on guard. I think anybody who has multiple defense dice or wants to be able to not get pushed off of hexes is going to care about being on guard. And 
especially ways to get on guard from ploys can be mm-hmm. very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, it's, it's a tough mechanic to think of like, all right, guard, I guess, like that's a thing, like it's, it's uh, generally useful and particularly useful to some specific war bands. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of stuff that tends to score off of it, but uh, positioning wise. Yeah. Yeah. I think we used to see a little bit more of that. I think it rotated yeah. out in B scrape pretty much completely. Um, I don't know that any of these are very strong either. Like they're not bad, obviously, but like, I don't, I don't think there's anything that really jumps out to me. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a, there's a little bit of a cooperation theme as well. So yeah, that's true. Um, cards like uh, Drill Sergeant. If this fighter has no move or charge tokens, friendly fighters that begin a move adjacent to this fighter have plus one move for the duration. And friendly fighters that begin an attack action adjacent to this fighter have plus one dice. Uh, I like that one. <laughs> it is cool. You can you can clearly imagine some of your ranged warbands. Um, if you can really finesse your positioning, um, probably with something like soundless step or, uh, uh, duelists speed, duelist speed. Um, then you can, you have the potential to kind of set up some of this stuff a a little more. Uh, but I think, uh, I always imagine this being pretty nifty in Thundric where you charge somebody, land them next to Thundric and then all of a sudden they're firing next to your dice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think Thundric's probably is the best place for it. And, um, I mean, it's even in the, the art, <laughs> so I think they probably <laughs> sure. thought about that. It, I mean, right. And they have low move to start with. So this helps them if they need to get in a position. This also helps them if they've just turtled up in your territory mm-hmm. and you decide you're just going to take lots of pot shots, um, which I've been thinking more about that lately, uh, that everyone's so like charge in kind of aggressive that you could probably take advantage of them. I, they're another one of the war bands that I just don't think about that much, but I bet yeah. you that they could be pretty strong right now, but I don't think anyone's playing them. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a little work, a little work with them. I ended up with a lot of surges that were dice roll dependent. Um, yeah, it's a little rough. So things like a uh, headshot where you need a crit, uh, or, uh, steady aim where you need all successes. There's, there's some stuff in there like, like that, um, that, uh, sometimes is great and sometimes is incredibly frustrating but yeah um another cooperation one uh and again like i I like that they kind of lean like when you i don't know like when you're when you're doing just broad universal cards you can do a little flavor by who you choose to put in the art on a on a given Mm -hmm. card who you choose to quote and but I, i like uh that we keep coming back to this with these grand alliance cards that they're able to like give some of that background flavor to, to the game. Um, one of these teamwork ones that I thought was cool is cautious maneuver. Um, oh yeah. Reaction play this after a friendly fighters move action, choose another friendly fighter that is a hunter or is on guard. And that fighter makes a move action after that move action. The two fighters must be adjacent. Uh, this is a way to potentially move somebody who's already charged. Um, uh, so you can, yeah. you can pull somebody back out of danger or uh, I, I, <laughs> As as I alluded to earlier, I, I was kind of goofing around with some far strider builds. Uh, you could you could potentially use this to like ha- charge somebody up and then move your 
you know, pull them even further, get them at the last minute into enemy territory and then, uh, get your inspirations off. I don't know. Bring, bring some supports in. There's a, there's a lot of tricks to this and it's just, it, it, there's a lot of also restrictions. So it's mm-hmm. one of those cards that at the end of the day, if you haven't yet put sidestep in your deck, maybe that's the, maybe that's the smarter <laughs> play here, but this is, this is the one that gets you sort of mad science thinking, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I mean, like there are certain war bands where a full extra move is going to be a big deal and you could really catch somebody off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like scathe coming flying in from five hexes away to suddenly <laughs> be able to just start kicking everybody. And it's like, yeah. oh no, and now he doesn't have a charge token and he's, <laughs> able to just go ham um or even just like allowing a slow fighter to get an extra move um, yeah can be a big deal so yeah um it has a weird uh synergy with uh with another sort of cooperation one this is a shared glory and upgrade when a fighter friendly fighters attack action takes an enemy fighter out of action if this fighter was supporting that fighter gain one spent glory point uh this is uh uh this is a card that tough skull somewhere is wishing that didn't have an order symbol on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just stand in the middle of the cunning crew and farm glory for sure man talk about another instance of like good thing this is gated uh (laughs) cunning crew would go nuts if they had this um but you can also see that this is a something that they probably thought a lot about and wanting to have a way to continue to have way to gain additional glory but not wanting it to get out of hand like it did mm. way back in Shadespire days when well and Tome then of they, offerings yeah and then you get Tom of offerings as well so then it's not even faction restricted yeah uh, and it just got nuts because it was like hey Molog smashing people <laughs> for two glory a pop um yeah. god can you you remember there was there was a day day listeners when Tome of Offering was in the game and unrestricted. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> was everywhere. Uh, man, Escalation with Tome of Offerings and all sorts of stuff. Um, but like, this is so much tamer, but still good. Yeah. Like, yeah. getting two glory off of a kill is still really good. It's just you don't get the extra upgrades off of the kills. Yeah. You still have to set it up. Like, it's not just go get a kill, get an extra glory. So, yeah. Um, I really like that. And like you said, you know, you can make this work if you pair it with some of these other stuff. And I, I always like having, I know it's not really probably the best, but I do like having little combos built into decks to be like, oh yeah, if I get these two cards at the same time, yeah, all of a sudden, like it's so much better. Um, it's definitely cool. Yeah. Uh, any other order cards that you wanted to uh, touch on here? Yeah, so so I kind of like land grab just because it's a multi push. I just really get hung up on the restriction. So it says you can push up to two friendly fighters up to two hexes, which obviously is that's great. But then after each push, they must be in no one's territory. I'll tell you why I think this is a uh, so up to two is kind of nice because it could just work could with just be one. one. Yep. Um, I think what busts this is the prevalence, how often you're going to see long boards and on long boards, there are exactly two hexes that are in yeah, no know, one's right? territory. So it uh, like, <laughs> man, it, it just, it feels 
like it could be so good and then you know that it's just never really going to work out because there's not <laughs> enough landing spots yeah but like there are plenty of war bands that would love to be able to have a push two friendly fighters two hexes uh yeah that are not star blood stalkers because they already have that <laughs> yeah 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 if this oh yeah exactly if this was like towards no one's territory i wonder if oh, it would yeah. be busted uh yeah. man i still don't think it would be busted because like if you're in enemy territory then it would have to be backwards yeah and if it's just to get you moving forwards then that's fine yeah i, I don't know i mm. i'm sure they looked at it and they probably started with just push two friendly fighters two hexes and were like this is too good <laughs> too much too yeah. good um yeah like, yeah, this maybe tastes like uh, something that got modified kind of late in the, and then accidentally yeah. got a little toned down too much. I bet, I bet you there was a version of this that was, it was uh, more powerful and it got uh, trimmed down. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Um, sure. I don't know that there's much here worth mentioning in the objectives. I don't know, like maybe ordered reality could be scorable sometimes like <laughs> you scored an end phase for one glory if one or more of your opponent's illusions were broken or each of your friendly fighters has the same number of upgrades yeah like maybe but uh, it's a uh... Weird. it is a card it is uh i i dislike it mostly for it messing with my uh idea that chaos is the one that's interacting with illusions <laughs> uh honestly we kind of glossed over some uh some of that uh already i think all a lot of these war bands have some of their specific cards here have, have mentioned illusions in some way um yeah depending on how prevalent illusions get this this could end up being like just kind of a, almost almost an auto score i don't think they'll ever be that common um, and the other one is just probably a little bit too hard work for just a one glory end phase. Um, yeah, I think you have to be pretty, pretty desperate to, um, make yourself work that hard. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, is the one side that might be, I didn't have to work at anything. And the other is that like, I had to work kind of hard for yeah. not much reward, which so. I feel like is a lot of how the hybrids tend to end up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think when we talked about path of order on it earlier we had a listener uh, pointed out when we were talking about the mm -hmm. hold style um uh it, it may be a late inclusion in a hybrid flexi deck um yeah i guess i haven't mentioned this i as listeners probably know i have a soft spot for uh the symmetry of things so having a path of death path of chaos path of order path of destruction mm. is satisfying mm -hmm. um so uh, I like it's, that. But. It is definitely nice. I yeah. I think I've, as I've sort of thought about the card more, I think I've actually like gotten further away from liking it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I think I think the two the two enemy fighters dead piece is going to be tougher in some matchups than you'd like. Yeah, um, I think it's a meta read. Like if you think elite warbands are having a hard time, and you're seeing more fours, five, sixes, then mm -hmm. feels better. Uh, but anytime you have a card that says two guys got to be dead, uh, and you, you gotta say like, well, does crushes ruin this for me? Yep. Like, crushes probably <laughs> ruins this for me. It's so, almost certainly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
All right. I think we kind of covered them. Any other thoughts on uh, order specifically? Uh, just that I feel like if they're going to lean so hard into this guard thing, then like give us a way to score off of that too. Sure. <laughs> or like make it make it sort of like um, with... Uh, what, what were some of those? They, they had some in Shadespire for Steelhearts where it was like, if all your fighters have no wound counters or something... Mm. Uh, like if the whole point is being defensive then like let's lean into that and I know mm. that people get super upset anytime <laughs> there's passive scoring but like being defensive to that extreme is very difficult so like if if that's the game plan then sure I'd be fine with it and I would but you know I'm fine with passive play in general I, yeah. think, I think it's healthy to have a mix of fighting styles and, and well the get in the middle and smash faces works right now. It's very balanced. I feel like you don't necessarily want the game to become too homogenized. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, all three grand or all three, all four <laughs> grand alliances yeah. have, uh, have been analyzed here. Um, any thoughts going forward? So we, we know that we're getting, uh, uh, objective gambit upgrade for each um, maybe threw out some thoughts about what would be there. Do you think we're going to see it in uh, future seasons? I do. Yeah. Um, how, how useful they'll be, how much we'll see them get played. I, that is much harder. I think to say um, if they continue to be sort of at this power level, um, I, I do think that they will be fairly, limit in their use um, you might see them show up every once in a while um, in very specific builds which I think is fine mm-hmm. um, and I mean it, it would I think it would be it'd be okay I think if they wanted to push these a little harder um, you could have one or two in here that basically become staples like I don't mm. think that's a problem like stuff competing with things out of the universal uh the essentials pack i think would be perfectly fine um yeah. i don't know that we necessarily need the essentials to feel like <laughs> truly to their namesake that you must play cards out of this pack <laughs> sure. yeah um so uh yeah i would i would be perfectly happy with seeing them get even a little better than they currently are yeah um, I agree. I, I think we're going to see them. I think we talked about reasons why early on, I think, uh, just managing your managing that many war bands, it just makes sense as a, as a step to do. Um, I'd be curious to see we've, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about rivals plus, uh, which is Ooh, yes. take your rivals deck, add either, you know, add cards from pick one essentials or one of the other existing, um, Mm-hmm. Rivals decks like uh, Illusory Might or the Silent Menace. I wonder if there would be one where it's, where it'd say, or another option is your own Rivals deck plus anything you want from your Grand Alliance, um, mm-hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I could see that. Um, I think I think that could be very good. Um, I think the stuff in here is pretty well balanced across the board. Like, sure, there's obviously a few outliers, but I I don't think that's terrible. Um, yeah. And I think you look harder at this. I mean, some of these things that are kind of borderline, if you're working with a more restricted card pool, then, um, then yeah. all of a sudden you, you look a little closer at them. So, Absolutely. Yeah. 
more thoughts about uh, about Grand Alliance cards, about Grand Alliance um, divisions. Yeah. Um, How about this? Give me give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. I think thumbs up. I think generally, yeah. I think this is this is going well. Um, very early days, but I I think they're on the right track. You? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's going to feel better when the universal pool isn't quite as limited as it is now. Uh, I don't know for sure if that's going to happen or not, but uh, you might think so. Uh, it kind of depends on what they decide to do. We, we've got one more warband in this question mark season question mark. Uh, yeah. And then a starter set comes. I can't imagine they're going to rotate all the dire chasm and just no. leave us with this very limited pool. That would, be, um, I think that's almost, <laughs> almost guaranteed to not happen. I, that, sure. We would have a very poor championship format. I think if they did that. Yeah. Um, if that does happen, then being split into grand alliances is kind of a problem, but I, uh, I like that it, I like the potential that it frees them up. I like that they, um, you know, they, they, I think they erred on the side of like making them not too powerful, which is if you had to pick one or the other, it's probably the better way to go. I'm not sure. And then, uh, um, I think as they kind of, I don't know, uh, sort of bracketed in titrated into the right amount, I think, um, it's going to give them more options going forward. So, um, I like it. Yeah. And to the, to the like where they sort of landed in terms of like caution i think the more important thing at least for me is that it feels like they they erred on the side of flavor rather than mm. power yes yeah uh, and i think the the most offensive thing that they could have possibly done is have these be extremely boring cards even if they were mm. all really powerful like if they were all just like great strength mm-hmm. yeah everyone would use them but it'd be super boring. <laughs> like, yeah. It wouldn't feel like they're a grand alliance. It, like yeah. they tried to be very thematic and sort of push to say like, what, like, how are we going to define these, you know, greater groups of war bands? And I think they mm-hmm. did a fairly good job of that. Um, you know, maybe death was a little hard to corral, but uh, <laughs> I think that's just because they designed them in a lot of directions. It's yeah. hard to try and make them, uh, come together but yeah they they feel they feel like they belong and i think that that is a very good thing all right well uh unless you got anything else i think that's going to do it for us today yeah um so uh we will say uh thank you to gw um some of the cards we've reviewed here are part of we get uh one one of each thing as a review copy um and uh uh that's appreciated helps us get the reviews out and such um if you want to talk to us you can do so at wthcast or what the cast at gmail.com uh you can also come chat with us on the discord we've got plenty of people it's uh kind of our, our greater podcast network all get together there and chat about what what have you um, if you want to check out more of that network, you can do that on the mortal realms.com, um, uh, path to story. They are the path to glory podcast. That's, that's going on as in not path to glory, the <laughs> path to story, <laughs> the path to glory podcast, not path to glory. The Warhammer underworlds podcast yeah, uh, is on our network. <laughs> uh, and, 
the story phase going strong. I think uh, coming up uh, pretty soon there, they'll be covering the new um, covering the new Fire Slayers Battle Tome. Are you in on that one? I don't know if you're on that one. Uh, I, don't think you are. I, I think it's probably me and Paul. I don't really yeah. think I've got the time for it, although it, it yeah. sounds pretty interesting from some of the previews yeah. they've shown, some of the new stuff that's coming. It seems like it's going to be Magma Draft Central here pretty soon. <laughs> um. But uh, thanks, thanks to the Greater Network for being a being a place that we can be. Uh, coming up, uh, we got one, maybe one episode. I got to check the exact timing. I think there's just one episode that's going to drop, uh, and then another one that we'll probably have to record right before Adepticon. Um, yeah, but uh, probably. So we'll have to we'll have to put a couple in the hopper, and I've, I'm going to have a kind of crazy month of March. So we'll see what we can do. <laughs> we do have some recommended listening, and that would be. Uh, from band, the Grand Alliance, and uh, since we're in Harrow Deep, uh, we're gonna pick the track "Swim," a mm. uh, little little funky number for you. So check it out if you like. Uh, otherwise, for what the heck's, I've been Davy, and this is Phil. I was like, how does Shaka Khan have a, a song called The Grand Alliance? It's Chakra Khan. So, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Keep like, that stuff in the story phase. Those kind D- of D-list, like <laughs> off, <laughs> off brand yeah. Shaka Khan. A little uh, search engine hijacking trying to <laughs> jump on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's the, it's the touring, uh, Mm-hmm. coming the coming to a casino near you chakra con yep <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> i'm gonna put this in the notes and like somebody's gonna be irate like chakra con is my favorite band man how could you it's the best <laughs> you don't even know <laughs>